Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. And in today's episode, we're talking about living your dreams and asking ourselves, what is your purpose in life? Before we jump into that episode, each week we discuss our mission for that week. Uh, last week, we discussed the benefits of uh, practicing gratitude, and our mission was just to take a short, short moment each day to recognize something that we're grateful for. And we are going to talk about that in a moment, but what I'd really like to just take a couple of minutes to say thank you to all of our listeners and just let you know how grateful I am and how grateful Christy is that you're that you found us first of all and that you are listening and coming back each week and just sharing a little bit of time with us we are so excited to see each week uh, that that you're here Absolutely. And I completely agree. I'm like really grateful. If you're listening right now, thank you uh, very much. Uh, we're both excited because there are people in 25 different countries uh, that are there. Shout out to Ghana. Uh, shout out to everyone in Scotland. Hello. Um, that are listening to us. And it was really cool. And this week, it was a great opportunity for us both because we were actually texting back and forth talking about how how exciting it was to have people listen to the podcast. Uh, and so we definitely really appreciate you if you're listening. And I did take this week also to show a little bit of appreciation to my guy. Um, you know, we've been together. This is the longest relationship of my life. Um, we've been together for a bit over six years now, which for me is three times longer than my previously longest relationship. Uh, and it's really interesting because they do say what you put out there, you get back. And I left him a pack of M&Ms because I ended up having to make an emergency run to the 7-Eleven uh, due to improper grocery planning at about <laughs> two o'clock in the morning last night. And um, I picked him up a pack of M&Ms and I left it for him. Uh, we are still in that. Uh, we don't have any children. So I guess we are still partially children. <laughs> because somebody leaving candy for you on the counter is still very exciting to both of us. Uh, so we're a match in that way. And so he actually, I, you know, said, Oh, you know, you know, I love you and left him. This is for your lunch. And I was greeted by not only when he left for work, him telling me how happy and thankful he was. Uh, but he also left me a note saying he loved me and he really appreciated me. So it's amazing. I, that's, what's really fun about practicing uh, things with my guy is that, you don't just kind of get it back in a couple of seconds. You get it back instantly and louder. So, oh. <laughs> so it was just really, uh, it was really sweet. So I was really thankful for him. And uh, yeah, he even called me from work to tell me, you know, that how he, much he appreciates me. Um, and, you know, that's a lot of mileage to get out of a pack of sharing size, which I think is hilarious. M&M's <laughs> sharing size. He's going to eat it all for himself, just like I would. We do share more together, but sometimes I don't want to share. So I just buy two packs. Um, <laughs> so that's how I deal with sharing size. Uh, M&M's. So yeah, I love this week. It was really great. That's awesome. I will say I, well, I guess I don't know. I don't have kids either, but I get, I do have the sense that you never outgrow someone leaving candy for you. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty great. Um, I will say I, I, I agree with you about, uh, how not only giving gratitude or, 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 um, bringing, 
bringing your focus to gratitude, how that feels. Uh, but it has been interesting this week as I take time, as I took time to be grateful for um, the weather, which is weird because it's been overcast and kind of rainy here, but that sometimes is just the exact sort of weather that I need and love. Um, but also when it comes to just showing gratitude to people, like you said, and having that opportunity to see the way that that ripples, because not only like you mentioned, do you get some of that back or, or how that feels back to you? Because, you know, when people say they appreciate your gratitude, that's fantastic. But it's really great to see then how, how someone moves that forward uh, to someone else, to something, so, to something else. And it just, again, is that wonderful, just opportunity to see positive energy kind of ripple throughout, which um, in and of itself for me is something to be very, very grateful for. That's awesome. And speaking of positive energy, uh, that brings us to this week's topic, which uh, we're talking about living your dream and asking ourselves, is it time to really go for it? And what is our purpose? So when I talk about living your dream, what does that uh, mean to you? Christy, I wish I could tell you <laughs> as we talked <laughs> a little bit <laughs> beforehand, I was simultaneously excited for this episode and a little bit worried about it because I don't necessarily know what my purpose is, uh, but I do know that I have been doing different things. It feels at least in part to be ready for that opportunity or that sort of understanding when it comes. So while I don't, I can't tell you necessarily that my purpose is X, Y, or Z, I do know that there are things that I'm doing now to get ready for it. So I think purpose, to actually answer the question you asked me, um, I think purpose is going to be different for different people, of course. Uh, for me, though, when I think about identifying my purpose, and then you know, putting it into action or, or starting to live it out, it really feels it's, it's a felt sense more than anything. And it is that I, that kind of sense that, um, things would be settled. And I don't mean settled as in settling, but I, I, I picture it as, um, you know, when you're, when we were kids and there was that board, and it had the, sh the holes with the different shapes and you had to like figure out the shape to get in the hole. Well, it feels like finding the right piece for the right spot. And it just sits in there. It gets in there and it's in its spot and, and, and it's where it's supposed to be. That, I guess, is sort of, uh, not even sort of, that is my convoluted answer related to how I see purpose. That's great. You know, it's interesting because... Uh, like living your dreams and figuring out what your purpose is, 
there's so many different, so the hope is, right? You wake up every morning, you know what your dream is and each day you go for it. And I do think it does manifest itself in people who like their dream is to swim in the Olympics or their, you know, like it's an Olympic dream or it's something so concrete. I, you know, I dream of being an opera singer. And so every day I wake up and I practice and I do the thing, right? And you're, you have a life of purpose. You wake up excited, you know, what's got to get done. And then some days you're not excited, but you still work towards that dream and that very specific and wonderful goal that some people just live their lives that way. And then there are those of us who have too many dreams. If you're me and you're like, I want this, I like 17 dreams a day. You know, you need a little <laughs> bit of, uh, maybe your dream should be focused, Christy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there is something to that. You know what I mean? Like there, it could look a lot of different ways to a bunch of different people. And for me, um, like living your dreams, the promise is that there's a little bit more focus and intentionality behind what your day is. Um, but the problem with that is one, like identifying a dream. And then when you go for it, sometimes you'll find, you know, I often talk about, you know, there was a period of time because I've always been a, even since I was a small child, I was always lucky enough to want to be a writer. I still have my third grade journal that says, you know, I'm going to be a writer and I'm writing, uh, well, first of all, my third grade journal opens up with me saying my life is going down the tubes. So I find that impressive. That That is the opening line. It's a good line. And it um, it says a lot about me. That is, um, I'm a little more positive now. <laughs> but uh, that should be evidence to uh, to myself that I really reach for this because I really need it my, my, on my own. So I've always wanted to be a writer. But what that looks like has changed. You know, for a long time, it was um, I wrote my own comedy. Before that, I was a journalism major. Uh, I'd always dreamed it would be novels. And now it finally is novels. Um, and then this week, I've gotten back into writing poetry. Uh, and I've actually you know, experienced the joy of being – the thing about a novel is that it takes so long. Mm-hmm. And I haven't published a book in two years um, because I kind of burn out. And I'd forgotten the joy of being able to start a piece in the morning and finish it by that evening. And the luxury of getting to care about each individual word that writing poetry affords you. And so, you know, it can look, even if it's the same dream, it could look different every day. And I think that is one of the hard things about life. Life gets in the way of a dream. You're so busy. Uh, you know, a really good friend of mine um, you know, it looked like maybe something was going to happen to his business. And he just sort of ended up in his line of work because he had a lot of kids. And he said, you know, listen, you know, I've just been living so long for my kids that I don't even know what I like, let alone what my dream is. And I think that really is, um, that it really is the case for many people that uh, even my sister for a long time, she was, you know, saying to me, you know, I just don't see it. And uh, finally, you know, she she simplified her dream um, down to like she'd like to own a house. And honestly, she wants to just put her life in a place where she has more space to dream. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? To even just think about what it is that you want besides, you know, life in Los Angeles um, can be very expensive. And if you're on a single income, you spend, you know, 51% of your income towards just your rent. Do you know what I mean? Let alone a house or building, you know, more retirement or a lot of other things. And so sometimes in order to live the life of your dreams, you need to literally make space in your life to dream, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. I think for, and I do know what you mean. I think, and that you, you really speak to that idea of preparedness and setting yourself like you were you know, saying, setting yourself up so that 
if you if you don't have the concrete idea like the opera singer you want to be a swimmer or you know you're going to be a musician or you know it fill in the blank if you don't necessarily know what that is there is such a and i'm only learning this like right now um there is so much to be said for just kind of laying in the foundation and kind of the stores that you're going to need for when that idea or when that that thing comes to you i used to think that i would just one day finally wake up and it would be there like magic i guess i thought it was going to just just be there and what i'm finally seeing is like you said i have a lot of ideas of the things that i think that i want to do but i don't know that i've necessarily found my true purpose the way they talk about that you know that sort of um soul grabbing purpose where you just know that this is your thing and you aren't going to be able to um, see yourself really doing anything else. I haven't necessarily had that. I've had things that I know that I would be good at or that I know that I would enjoy uh, or that, I mean, I guess I've had the sense that I think I need to go here. Um, nursing being one of them, I just, you know, I was slowly kind of coming, awakening to this idea of this is something I thought I wanted to do in high school, but wasn't really ready for, and then kind of came back to it in my late 20s and had to kind of recognize I could have done that a little bit easier if I'd maybe done a little prep work on the front end. And so now, as I'm still trying to figure out what is my purpose, you know, we've talked about it a few times, I'm just trying to set up my life so that when I do get that sense, or if I, you know, find that thing, I am in a better position to just go for it. Because I do think one of the things that's held me back or uh, limited my opportunities even is that an idea comes and I feel like I'm not prepared. I don't have the money. I don't have, um, you know, when I was younger, it was like, I need health insurance. I mean, that's still true, but it was definitely like that understanding that you're supposed to just get in a job to have security. I think a lot of those things just got in the way. And now I'm seeing I have the opportunity to kind of prepare financially, just get my general life in order so that if I come upon an opportunity or if I find that thing, I can just take it and there's not a lot getting in my way. Absolutely. I will say uh, I have been the kind of person, um, and it doesn't come without a lot of setbacks, who has without much preparation whatsoever, just made a decision and sort of just gone for it in, um, you know, a sort of reckless fashion, I guess you could call it mm -hmm. reckless, maybe, or you can call it brave if you want to be positive, possibly. Um, there's a fine line, I think, between bravery and recklessness, and I don't know where it is, as evidenced by how I've lived. So 
Um, there is the option. I just like to say for those of us who maybe have a, a reckless or slightly irresponsible streak of just coming up with an idea and then realizing, oh my God, all over, I always wonder, what if I did that? Uh, when I decided, when I thought I wanted to go to Los Angeles, I um, I booked a ticket out here with a good friend of mine who actually is out here now. Um, and uh, we came out here on a like a sort of mission to just see what it was. And once I'd seen LA at the time, um, and this was like in the late 90s, I was sold on the fact that I had to go. And when I came back, I was like, you can save more money, you can do this, you'd be better prepared. But I like lined up a job that I didn't even really want, but it was something. And I had some money, like enough to ship my truck, because I didn't want to, you know, um, I had a gig. And then, you know, I just, I arranged a way to get here. I didn't have an apartment. Um, but I did uh, manage to strong arm my father into asking uh, my uncle um, if I could stay with them, despite the fact that we barely spoke. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> And I know what they thought. They thought this kid was going to come and she was going to stay there for like months. Do you know what I mean? I guess that's what they were thinking. Cause I was like, why is, what's the big deal? I'm going to be there for a day or two. And I'm sure like all the adults were like, no, you're not. You're going to just stay there. Um, but I was only there for a day or two. I just got an apartment in a really terrible part of town and went for it. Um, and so, you know, I, I, it was, you know, people crashed into my truck. Uh, I ended up moving in, like the rent got out of control and I ended up moving in with, um, uh, like a family I didn't even know. And so I didn't even feel comfortable going to the refrigerator. So I was like living off of 40, 30, 30 bars. Do you know what I mean? And uh, uh, cans of V8 and one jumbo jack of cheese a night. And uh, that was me living the dream, everybody. Um, but I knew I had to go for it because I remembered I'm young. I don't like my boyfriend at the time didn't even live in town. So do you know what I mean? I, I like knew that life was going to catch up with me. Like there was no absolute reason that I had to stay. So I moved. Mm -hmm. And then once I did move, because I got the idea, because I never wanted to be the person who looked back and said, what if I did move to Los Angeles? And when I got here, um, after I'd already planned the trip and, you know, gave notice at my job and arranged to ship my truck and paid half of it, my father was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we thought he was going to beat it at the time. And so I had made arrangements to do a gig back home. So when he was done with his treatment, I would be there. And, uh, and then I moved to LA and um, then my dad became terminal. And I know to this day that that thought in my mind that said, um, if you don't move to LA now, you'll never move was right. Because afterward, the only reason why I came back to Los Angeles after my father passed was because I'd already moved my truck here. Mm. My stuff was here. Uh, and my mom had, you know, left the townhouse that we were living in and she was going back to the Philippines. And I probably would have just moved in with my sister because I didn't have the energy to do anything. But since I'd already moved my stuff there, you know, I just mm -hmm. came back. Mm -hmm. um, and the course of my life and that dream to be a comedian. And I came out West seeking fame and fortune. And uh, I didn't find either at the time. Instead, I fell in love. And I had met a lot of really fun people. And I changed as a person and I grew as a person. And I'm always glad that I chased that dream. And I still have a comedy dream. I, you know, I when, when uh, you know, comedy is open again, I have every intention of getting back into it. I was doing shows just before, you know, we, you know, this all happened. And um, yeah, but I do you can go for it. 
it doesn't always look the way you think it is. Living the dream doesn't always, but I got to tell you, there were times when I was driving around, even though I was really, really sad some of the times where I saw that Hollywood sign and I was on my way to a comedy show where I literally was like smiling to myself that I really felt like I was living the life, despite mm -hmm. the fact that the life meant I was running a room with a family I didn't know eating weird food. Right. <laughs> See, the life can look like so many things. <laughs> so, so many things. Chase your dreams, everybody. Enjoy <laughs> warm V8. Oh. oh, that sounds... I mean, I'm so happy <laughs> that this is working out for you, but just the warm V8. I hate tomatoes. So that sounds terrible. <laughs> but it, hey, it worked out. It worked out. I, I, I definitely want to... Um, you know, talk a bit too about the idea that you do, um, you, you can be helped along in this journey by trying things. I think you're exactly right that even if you're not sure how it goes, even if it doesn't look the way you thought it would, that it is important to try things. And sometimes that's just even a, a small thing. So, it may not be making the big move, but maybe there's a little bit of a, there's a smaller way you can kind of uh, look to see if this is going to be for you. I think I forget sometimes that that is all part of the process of finding your purpose or figuring it out. You know, we talked a little bit about it well, we've talked about it a few times, but the idea that you're going to try some things and sometimes you're going to figure, you know, it's just as important to figure out what it's not as a, as it is to figure out what it is. So I do think that just, you know, I try to, I, I don't know why I have a, <laughs> a more negative view of my ability to try things than is, that is probably accurate. Because I do think that there have been a number of things I I thought I would be into and and some of them I definitely was and I did the I did it and that was great all of that I feel like is again it's none of it's really been my true purpose but I do think in having just tried and and worked through each time coming to that realization, like, this was really a good opportunity. This was a good experience. This isn't necessarily that thing that is feeding my soul, um, which I say a little bit with an eye roll because I feel a little bit cheesy saying it. But no, deep down, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that, that Thing that just makes me feel like I am making a difference. I am helping people, being positive, uh, helping lift, just sort of lift things up. And I'm, I'm still, you know, trying to figure that out. So I don't, I got a little lost in that. So I apologize, but I, I guess just coming back to, um, that idea of trying things and even if it doesn't work out that it just is going to help you get to the next thing. I did the same 
you know, the same move to Los Angeles and, you know, was only there for a little bit and just realized, I mean, I liked it a lot, but then I decided to go to nursing school and knew that I couldn't do that and work and afford to live. So I came back to the Midwest uh, and also because I knew school was going to be hard and I needed to be around my people, my family. Um, but I tried it. And, and like you said, I don't have to now wonder if I could do it. I know that I can. And sometimes it's a really good reminder when I'm a little afraid to try something else. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I lived in Los Angeles with no clue as to what I was doing. I, I think I got this. <laughs> so I, I definitely want to give that idea of trying things, you know, two thumbs way up that it, it, it might not work out the way you think, but you're still going to have that experience behind you. I completely agree. I think one of the things that holds people back, um, and I can relate to because I'm, um, I have a, I'm a person who has a brain that runs very sad and worried a lot. And there's this anxiety over or fear of failure. And I will say one of the, uh, assets to my general um, worrying is I've always been more worried about dying boring or dying in regret. Mm -hmm. uh, that is something that has always worried me greater than my actual fear of doing things. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, because it's strange. It, it, my father once said, oh, you got guts, kid. Do you know what I mean? And then my guy said that to me. And then uh, my good friend, Tom, when he realized that me deciding to get a job at a driving school was because I had a fear of um, dying in a fiery car crash. Uh, <laughs> he's like, wow, you got a lot of guts. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because I don't feel like it. It doesn't feel like I've got a lot of guts because I'm afraid a lot. You mm -hmm. know, I'm like the kind of person who, as a kid, sharpened seven or eight pencils before anybody else got into the classroom so that I didn't have to go in front of everybody to sharpen my pencil because I didn't want them to see my butt. Like these are the type of choices I made since I was small, right? I was afraid of fairs and clowns and anything that was fun. I was afraid of fun. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> just like, uh, and so the idea that I would somehow be like this brave person does not compute. Right. But mm -hmm. I will say that I have like dueling fears, the fear of what if I never did that? Like my fear was, what if I let my life get so small because I'm, I'm, you know, I've been in those car accidents that sort of changed my view on life. And, you know, I, you know, the, the last one, you know, I did have some genuine and I still have some genuine, uh, you know, issues with my, with my back and, you know, the functioning of that leg that for that, I don't know, five or seven months, it was a blur. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I've genuinely had consequences to other drivers, you know, doing things like not stopping at red lights. Like, really, really, we're going to, that's what we're doing now. You didn't see that. All right. All right. I understand. Uh, ouch. Major. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? I was more afraid of living the way I was living. I was more afraid of living a life in fear than the fear, you know? So I kind of like put those things together. And I just really think that um, people are in love one of the dangers about dreaming is that people dream of the result of their dream, not necessarily what living the dream looks like. Like for me, I was really in love with the idea of being in Los Angeles and 
doing the kind of comedy I wanted to do that they had a lot of, you know, at the time they called it alternative comedy. And then, you know, now there's a big backlash against that concept. But, um, you know, I was in, you know, South Florida and it was very jokey at the time, the type of comedy now, you know, comedy has really opened up in general, but at that time in the nineties, there was like club comedy and there was the kind of comedy that I did. And I was just so happy that I got to do that kind of comedy that, um, the process of doing the dream actually made, uh, sorry, I'm getting ready to cough. <clears throat> it actually made, uh, suffering for my art, I guess you could say, uh, less traumatic. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? So I really feel like you can leverage your fear of failure by falling in love with the dream. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, as you were saying that it made me think too, that I think one of the, a little bit, one of the pitfalls that I've run into is thinking that the dream is going to make me perfect or that everything's going to be perfect now with me moving forward. And so there's, that's just a lot to put on one, one, what really starts as just one idea. And I had to, I mean, and of course, you know, what my dreams are have changed as I've changed as a person, as I've gotten older and it becomes less about, um, you know, as it becomes more about kind of my internal experience and then how I, like I said before, how do I, it's really, how is, how do I feel in the world? Like it's a little bit like I guess a little bit too, as if finally finding my place in the world, that's also what purpose feels like to me, not, which is hard to explain because I'm not saying that I feel necessarily out of place. I just, again, don't feel necessarily that groundedness that I think perhaps purpose would give me. And maybe that in and of itself is a is not true. That might just be some sort of, you know, myth that I've built up for myself. And I, maybe that's part of the experience of finding whatever my purpose is, is I will find it and I'll get there and I'll be like, oh yeah, what I thought isn't really true, but at least now I know that, uh, and I can kind of sit with this. I do think one of the other myths that I kind of had built up for myself was that this idea that whatever my purpose is had to be my purpose for my whole life or for a really, you know, like the long haul, essentially. I don't know if that's, if I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that coming to that realization will sort of help me lighten up <laughs> about finding my purpose. Cause as much as I, as I try to be a positive person, I definitely think, you know, uh, you know, you do that kind of compare and despair and you, you look at people that you feel like have found it and you're just, I just think, man, <laughs> what about me? I want my purpose. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that this idea that, um, that it doesn't necessarily have to be the thing forever or this idea that, um, well, I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that, that it doesn't necessarily have to be the, the lifelong 
thing, but it can just be what I need in this moment is helping me a little bit to, I guess, lighten up is the best, uh, is probably the best way to describe that. <laughs> yes. And I need to be more serious because I'm very light. I'm very light. <laughs> very light. Haven't, I got to follow through on a few more things, but I uh, flit around like a feather in the mm. wind. Uh, and not, but like, there is something that I, I really like the idea that, that you brought up that dreams change. And there's a, there's a real great motivator. So it's like ET, the hip hop preacher. He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, his name's Eric Thomas. And he always is talking about the year in quarters. You know, we're in our first quarter, we're in our second quarter. And you look at like the strategy that you pull together, like the game you play in the, the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter is not the game you play. Do you know what I mean? When the, the quarter starts even. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I don't even know that much of sports, but I inherently know that there are different shots you're going to make at the end. Then you're, you know, you're going to play it a little safer. You're going to try and do well, the less time you have, I, you know, the, the more you're, well, depending on where you are in the game, I would imagine if you're winning, you're just trying to, you know, not let them score, but it's like a different game. And I started thinking about my life in different quarters, you know, and there are things that I did in my second quarter, you know, your first quarter, you're kind of, you know, if you're lucky enough, like I was to be in a family, then, you know, somebody else is running that operation that first quarter, you know, my folks are taking care of that. And the second quarter, I got to take a lot of risks and do a lot of things. And I'm in my third quarter now. Uh, so I can't afford to be as reckless as I was, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the lead here. You know, I don't have to take a lot of unnecessary chances that can cost me the game. You know, I'm still in it to win it, as I like to think. And what does winning mean? It means what I say it means. It means that I wake up and I do what I want. And I uh, enjoy the people I spend my time with and I enjoy the way I spend my time and days. And I have a lot of good fortune in that regard. And I just really think that one of the interesting things about like your dreams changing is, you know, you start to really realize what you want. When I was younger, I really was very insecure. And so I wanted fame and fortune. And I'm not saying that, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, we're recording a podcast right now. It's not like I don't want some attention of some kind, right? Like, you know, I just, I'm talking into a microphone for no reason. And I'm not sitting around counting over 25 countries, Brianna, um, <laughs> because I don't need any attention. Let's, let's, I'm not fooling myself. Um, but I don't need to be famous as much as I did when I was a kid, because what I wanted to be, I really sat down and thought, what did I want from being famous? And the truth is, uh, I was very shy as a, as a young person, I mean, I even told you I worked on learning how to talk to people mm -hmm. and I wanted to be famous originally because if you were famous, people would walk up to you, you know, and they would talk to you. And I felt very invisible in the world. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and I developed other skills, like, I mean, I definitively went into comedy because it was everything that people wouldn't thought I would have been. Uh, and it changed me as a person, not always in the the best of ways. Um, there's a lot of bad habits that come with stand-up comedy, um, but there were a lot of really good habits and it changed me as a person. And so there's this concept that your dreams can't change. And also you don't have to know exactly what it's going to look like. I think people fall in love with the result of the dream, not the actual dream. And then there's, um, my sister and I always talked about it. You know, I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I know it's not here. And I think it's around mm -hmm. over there. And uh, then later there was this guy talking on, uh, I saw his talk on YouTube and he'd written this book, but I didn't buy the book. I just listened to him talk about it. And he called it the proximity principle, where if you just go in the direction, if you're called in a direction and you just walk that way, you know, it, the dream becomes clearer. 
and you find that you're getting opportunities to where you think where you where you may find yourself happy because you just took a step in that direction. And I think one of the big problems that people can face when trying to live the life of their dream or even find their purpose is that they feel like they need the whole vision in itself. You know, as you get closer to something, it gets more clear. So if you know not here, then just start walking away from here. Mm -hmm. And there's that word again, opportunity. I think that there is... um... There is something really exciting about that, that idea that, you know, and I like that, the proximity principle. So I don't know what it is. It's not right in this space that I'm at right now. So I'm going to just start on this. I'm just going to start walking and see, you know, what comes next or what I can, what opportunity I can take to get me a little closer to it. And I think one area that I have gotten, I find myself if I'm not careful that I find myself falling into is getting too caught up in what I didn't do or what I feel like where I feel that I missed the boat. I didn't take a chance. I was too timid. And some of that might be true, I think. But one of the things I had to recognize with that is one, I'm kind of getting stuck in the past and in regret, which while that's, while it's okay to reflect, you know, getting stuck in that space isn't helpful. I think and it, 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 it certainly doesn't feel good. Um, but one of the things I've noticed too, is I assume that, you know, when I'm stuck in that space, I'm assuming that whatever that choice that I would have made would have turned out perfectly. And there's no way to know if that would have worked for me or not. So maybe the reason I didn't take that particular path or take that particular opportunity is because truly it wasn't meant for me. And that wasn't meant, you know, I wasn't meant to go down that particular road. Maybe, maybe not. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I don't truly know, but I tell myself a story as if I've missed something incredible. And what that does is it prevents me from looking forward to seeing where my my next opportunity may be and i'm definitely getting better at seeing that and using it as an opportunity for reflection and learning but not getting stuck you know uh stuck in there because then i feel like it just puts on like either puts up a barrier or kind of puts up blinders for me and then i can't see anything else because i'm so wrapped up in this kind of mythical wonderful thing that i think that i missed and all along now i'm missing <laughs> these new opportunities to um to maybe get down or get to that thing that is you know gets me closer to my actual purpose. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so true. It's interesting. There's, um, you know, I am putting together a publishing company, you know, and I'm going to, you know, start soliciting authors and doing things in the new year. Right. But I'm getting all the things ready and I'm, you know, really working on the marketing of books. You know, I've really, you know, using my own books as experiments and doing things and, and it's led me to, you know, and I've always had an interest in copywriting because, you know, I'm a writer, so why wouldn't I? Uh, and it's interesting that you talk about that, um, you know, missed opportunity thinking, because there's actually a way that 
marketers, they call it fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. And, and the rule is loss looms larger than gain. People, it's a very common problem, so much so that marketers exploit it, that people um, will uh, buy things if they're worried they're going to miss out. That's why they're always like, this sale is only two hours. They don't want you to think too long. They want you to act now. And to get somebody to act now, they do the fear of missing out. And I've always found that if I need myself to act, I need to put in a deadline or really like for me, like moving to LA, I was like, you know, this opportunity is going to close. You just know it. You've got to move while you can, because there's no reason not to. And thinking that way genuinely made me take action. So like you can kind of, people can kind of work their own marketing thing. But then Gary Vee, who's a really interesting uh, guy, um, a VaynerMedia, talks about making choices. And people have a tendency, and it's just a really interesting, clear-cut way of thinking. People have a tendency to go, do I do this or do I do that? And Gary is like, yeah, you pick one. And he's like, no, but whatever one you pick, just tell yourself it's the right one. Hmm no matter what. And he's like, because you'll never know. Mm -hmm. You could live your whole life and you'll never know. So just decide it's the right choice, period, period. And I was just like, whoa, it's so clear. It's so clear. I chose it. So it's right. Mm -hmm. Once it's done, it's done. And I just love that sort of yeah, you're right. You'll never know. And I think what makes that even easier is that point that you said where, cause I've done it too, where I've looked back and I compare like, yeah, sure. Like when I went for it, the reality of me moving to LA was, do you know what I mean? Like just weird protein bars and warm V8 juice in a desperate attempt to get nutrition. Right. Like but I would have never guessed if I would have stayed home, I wouldn't have thought, yeah, you'll live in a stranger's house for like four <laughs> months while you just, you know, and your dad's going to die. You know, like, 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 like that's how the dream is going to look. Like that dream mm -hmm. does not look that great. Um, do you know what I mean? But if I would have stayed home, I would have imagined me getting up at the lab. I mean, I did get up at the lab factory. I did showcase at the improv. I, I, Larry the Cable Guy was in the very same industry showcase that I was in. But I would have imagined that I was Larry the Cable Guy. He was Dan Whitney mm -hmm. at the time. I would have imagined I was him. I wouldn't imagine I was me, who just ended up living in, honestly, I mean, it's worth a lot of money here in LA, but it's just a track house, like any house anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't even buy this house. I fell in love and the guy had it. Do you know what I mean? So it's not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't. I mean, it's our house, as he says, but you know what I'm saying. I didn't make enough money to do that. And I also mm -hmm. would have thought when I published these books a long time ago, I thought being a writer and having a novel published meant it was going to fix my whole life. And I needed that dream. I needed that dream to carry me through a lot of really hard times that once I got my stuff together, right, my shiz together, uh, I would write that book and everything would be great. Well, it wasn't until the point where I realized, one, your stuff is getting a little bit more together, and two, are you ever really going to write a book, Christy, or you need to know whether you can really do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, um, you know, I wrote a book, and uh, it sat in a drawer, and then I wrote another book, and it sat in a drawer, and then I wrote a third half of a book, and then I wrote a book that I published, finally. And it didn't change my whole life, but it changed mm -hmm. me. Even writing each of those drafts changed me, because in the writing of those drafts, I became a novelist. And it is the dream of a lifetime. And it doesn't look like it didn't, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean fame and fortune will not be mine. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I don't mind about the fame, but the fortune, I'm still in it, Brianna, as I've mentioned a couple of times. 
I still want the cash and prizes. I'm still, I'm still going for it. Even in the third quarter, I still want to win this game. Oh, that, oh, the cash and prizes. Yep. (laughs) There is, you know, I just, I I think because the regrets piece is so, um, I don't want to say important to me because regrets aren't important to me, but not getting caught up in them is. How about that? Uh, not getting, you know, if there, if it feels what I've had to, what I've had to come to grips with is that there were always going to be things that I wanted to do that I was not going to be able to do. And what I had to shed or let go of was that it put like that there was anything that I could have done differently because there just really wasn't. And I think you've touched on it a couple times um, that sometimes that really what like that idea of purpose and what it is that part of what it is is how you feel in it. And that even if it doesn't turn out the way you think, there's still that sense of um like a sense of fulfillment that goes along with whatever part um, that particular experience is playing in your bigger, you know, picture, the bigger picture of your life. So looking at the things that I was not going to be able to do or the things that I maybe could have, but chose not to, I really tried to be intentional about seeing them acknowledging it, working through and taking whatever little lessons I can. Again, part of the preparedness for, you know, taking the opportunity when it comes along. Because, and maybe this is because I, I too am in my third quarter. I just don't want to waste any more time. (laughs) I want to take this third quarter and be very intentional and active about going after the thing or the things that I think are going to feel fulfilling and feel like they're getting me closer and closer to my purpose. And I think one of the things I had to definitely come to grips with is my age. (laughs) But in the way that means or helps me understand that I'm not, and I'm, I'm using the air quotes here, I'm not too old I don't think that's air quotes, actually, that I'm not too old to do some of the things that I still want to do. I'm not sure why I was falling into this rut of, well, I hit 40 and that means I can't, man, that's it for me. I can't do anything else, which is crazy. That's not true. I had to work hard to understand that, you know. 40, like 30, like 20 is, it's just really, it's a number. It's the number of trips you've taken around the sun. It's, it's, it's not the end. (laughs) I still got a quart, two quarters to go. (laughs) And there's so much to be done in these last, you know, in these last two quarters. So I acknowledge those things that I didn't get to do. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of finding a way to, I guess, even be grateful for recognizing that, man, that's too bad. Letting that go and then just looking forward and like setting that groundwork or laying that groundwork to prepare for whatever 
comes next. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I often think of, um, and she's a very inspirational lady. Her name was um, Diana Nyad, and I've mentioned her on the podcast before. She was a an Olympic hopeful. She was a swimmer in her, um, you know, teen years, uh, in her younger years. And she really wanted to make the Olympic team. That was her dream. And she swam and swam and swam. She swam her heart out at the Olympic trials and she didn't make the cut. Um, and then she swam around uh, Manhattan and made a bunch of news. And uh, she attempted to swim from uh, Cuba to be the first person to swim open ocean from Cuba to Florida. And um, she didn't make it. And then she made another long distance open water swim, I think from someplace closer to Florida, and she made it. And then uh, she gave up her swimming dream and she pursued uh, an entire and had a very, very successful uh, career in broadcasting for, I guess, all of her second quarter, you know, for mm -hmm. the latter part of her second quarter, she did the thing. And what she said that she missed was that having a purpose that she loved when she was going for it. She missed that singularity, that discipline, that every day she would wake up and she would train for the Olympics or train for the other swim. And um, she literally hadn't set foot in a pool for over a decade. Maybe it was two. I can't remember. Her, her book is called Find a Way to Find a Way. And silently in her mind without telling anyone, she decided that dream that she failed at in her 20s, in her you know second quarter, uh, to swim open water without a cage from Cuba to Florida, having not swum for over a decade at the least, if I'm remembering correctly. It might have been longer than that, considerably longer than that. Um, so much so that she started with just one lap in the pool, like one mm. going back in a couple hours. And after a while, you know, people were starting to ask, where are you going every day? Because she decided, you know what, that dream I had in my 20s, it's still there. I still want to, I still want to swim from Cuba to Florida in her fifties. Mm -hmm. And she tried like, I don't know. It was, it was at least two times, if not three times. And, you know, in order to do this, you need a boat, you need sponsors, you need a lot of stuff. Like the third time the press conference didn't even cover her jumping off of Cuba. You know what I mean? When she dove off of Cuba, nobody cared because it'd been so long. People who loved her were like, I can't do this anymore. You know, cause she kept getting stung by box jellyfish. Of course, we know how the story ends. You know, um, she gets there. She makes a dream happen in her like 53 or 54, like, you know, right into her 50s, not like the, the hour she turned 50 in firmly in her 50s happened that she couldn't do when she was in, you know, her what people would consider her best chances, her considerable shape. And mm -hmm. I just love that because the book is called Find a Way. And she talked about that concept of waking up every day. And knowing, you know, I'm going to train. And she just literally, if she said she was going to train and you're going to be on the water for 12 hours, she didn't short it by a minute. She would just swim in a circle before she'd get out of the water because she was training to be swimming. You know, that's days and days and days with no sleep, just swimming across, you know, and then she wrote a book about it that was a bestseller. And every time I feel like, you know, Christy, because I want to have a bestseller. You know, I'm like, you don't have to swim from Cuba to Florida. You just have to write the book. Diana Naya did it. She did it in her third quarter. And you don't even, I don't even have to swim, Brianna. Like I could, <laughs> I'm, I could still make it happen. And I just love the title. It wasn't about all the stories you tell yourself. It was more about you find a way. 
You just keep going mm-hmm. until you find a way. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. That is incredibly inspirational. And I, I think one of those pieces that helps me, um, you know, that helps me kind of find my way out of the negativity about, you know, not feeling like I don't have a purpose or that I haven't found it yet is I do rely heavily um, on faith that, that we all have a purpose and that, you know, some people just find theirs a little bit earlier uh, than maybe I'm going to find mine or, or even find a couple of purposes before I feel like I find mine, but that there is a sense for me um, that helps, especially when I start to worry or get anxious that I haven't found it yet, or that I'm not living it yet, is, you know, really feeling, having that faith that I think we all, we all have purpose or have a purpose, you know, for that's kind of that idea that's, or that thing that's meant uh, for our lives. And um, I will say, uh, just you know, one of the things that I sometimes have to do is just look for, like you were explaining um, with Diane and I had, is look for evidence of that. So who else, you know, either took a while to find it or did it a little bit later in life? Or, you know, for me, sometimes I will just get into scripture, into those, you know, those stories where, uh, it seems like people were just kind of <laughs> walking around aimlessly and then, you know, it became clear as to what they, what they were supposed to do. And all of that kind of helps me stay, keep my head above water again, so that I don't miss out on, or so that I don't stop my preparation or I don't miss out on that opportunity that may come along for me at some point point. And I don't, you know, in talking about feeling like I don't have a purpose, it's not that I don't think that my life, I mean, I definitely think my life has value and I'm doing things of value. I just, when I talk about purpose, I really talk about that, you know, that deep rooted sense of I'm doing the thing I was meant to do. I haven't found that yet. And I'll be honest, I'm getting to a point or I've, you know, toyed with the idea that maybe I won't, I, that even though I think that that's out there, that maybe I just won't find it. And so I'm trying to, I'm noodling that around right now. Like, Oh, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And how does that feel? And a little bit, I'm just doing that to stave off some of the worry because then right behind it, I come back with, that's just my brain trying to not be anxious about something I haven't found yet. And, you know, the settling comes into, or I can feel a little more settled if I, you know, lean on that faith that I do think that we all have purpose. We all have that thing or those things that we are here and meant to do. I just haven't necessarily found mine yet. And that's okay. And that is okay. Absolutely. And I also, I do feel like everybody has a purpose. And I know we've talked about like, what if you, you know, 
what if you're still looking for what your purpose is? What if you're looking to follow a dream? And then there's the other one where people say they have a dream. But if you look at their day-to-day life, it has. there's a lot of people in Los Angeles who have a dream of becoming an actor who haven't taken an acting class or uh, auditioned for anything in years. Or they got all the way out here and you know, they've done like three plays inside of a decade and they're still saying they're chasing the dream, you know, but it's always something tomorrow. And I think one of the things that's always helped me because I've, I, I have a dream, you know, is that if I'm a writer, um, I, I could say I haven't published in two years, but I've definitely written. I always write. It's something that I've always done. And I've noticed like, you know, with the publishing, like flat out, if you do have a dream and you find yourself not taking action on it, it's got to be front of mind. You want to, a lot of people, some people wake up early. You want to give the best part of your day, not to your job, but to yourself, to your purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to prioritize other things if you're not actively thinking about it because you're not indebted to anyone else. And that's one of the the cool things about having a community, like um, even us just trying to be more positive and you and I talking every week grounds me in what it is I'm looking to do. I'm looking to meet exciting people, do exciting things, create a community here, write books, publish books, you know, talk to people. That's my dream. My dream is to, you know, I, I you know, Christy Murphy Media is the dream, right? I publish people's books. I meet exciting people. I talk to people, discuss ideas, and and that's my dream. And I want to make a lot of money doing it. And and I make I know I give I make no apologies any longer for that. I absolutely want to make a lot of money because to have more money to me means that I can be the kind of person who helps other people attain their dreams and mm-hmm. have a further reach for my ideas and the audience. Um, but once you do get your dream, don't let go. You know, I think it's really easy to have a dream and trick yourself into thinking you're getting further ahead when you're really just treading your wheels. You're not, you're getting very, very comfortable. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, just flat out a list can help. Like, what did I do today to get closer? And focusing on not the result. Uh, There was a, uh, I think it was a Navy SEAL uh, guy who I'd listened to on a podcast say the, how he got through that, that, that they call it hell week or that training was instead of worrying about surviving all the way to the end of the week when it was tough, he just, concentrated on getting to the next meal because they fed them every so so many hours. And I have found that when it's just like, I feel like it's never going to come true. I'm never going to finish this book that like thinking about the book being finished and all the plot points that I've got to get through and all these other things. And it's due in this many days actually just overwhelms me and the ability to make my life small and be about the task and have faith that each little bit of that task is me living the dream. And sometimes I'll even say it sarcastically because I remember a good friend of mine who was an actor who just got turned down for like a diarrhea commercial or something like, like a commercial he didn't even want. And he's like, living the dream, living the dream. I'm glad I went to Juilliard for this. Do you know what I mean? He went to <laughs> Juilliard um, and he just got turned down for some commercial that he didn't entirely want, except for the cash part. Uh, and I know and I think his car had broken down. It was like, it was a, it was a miserable, terrible day. Um, and sometimes living the dream looks like that. It looks like a being turned down for something you didn't even think you wanted after your car breaks down. It's not always glamorous, um, but it is important. And to elevate each task, 
getting closer to the dream, even if you don't ultimately know what the dream is, like knowing, setting aside 15 minutes for a day or whatnot, or doing whatever it is you need to do, or even just, you know, saving some money, saving an extra $10 towards your dream, even if you don't know what the dream is, understanding that that is living the dream. I think people feel like living the dream is sitting in a big house being famous, not worrying about anything and everything you do is awesome. And uh, it can still feel like everything you do is awesome if you if you tie what your daily tasks are to doing that dream, to making something happen. Mm-hmm. That idea that you have to keep your dream front of mind, I think is the phrase that yeah. you used is really, I mean, that that's impactful for me. I, because I, uh, definitely get distracted very easily by the world and, you know, my job and, and just, it feels like sometimes it feels like I'm almost, uh, using those things as an excuse for not actually doing some of the work that it would take to get me ready or to kind of push me into, into that, uh, space of of being ready to take hold or or get ready for being be, getting myself prepared for that dream or that purpose whatever it may turn out to be but I like that idea of keeping it you know just there's something about that that front of mind because what I find is if I'm not careful and if I'm not doing that or if I'm not intentionally setting my focus and my action for my next step, I, like I said, I, I get distracted and it's, you know, two weeks, three weeks, a month. And I maybe haven't really thought about, you know, the piece, this thing that I wanted to do. And I do think, you know, and we've talked about this before, that idea of community and having someone to share uh, your dreams or your steps toward your dream with is really helpful, not so that they can like check up on you, though sometimes I feel like I need that, but just so that you know that if you're going to talk about it, you're, if you know you're going to talk about it every so often, or like with us, we we talk every week. If you know you're going to talk about those things, then you know, the six or seven days leading up to that next conversation, it's on the, it's at the forefront of your mind, like, okay, I'm doing this thing. And I can't wait to tell so-and-so in this case, I can't wait to tell Christy how this, you know, my week of goals went. Because I notice on the weeks that we forget to do that, (laughs) that um, I'll be honest, I, I get very caught up in life and I don't do as much for sometimes I don't do my homework for this podcast. Sometimes I don't, you know, I forget. Uh, I, 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 I have a little bit of a short-term memory issue sometimes with these things, but I just sometimes totally forget. Oh yeah. That was going to be the thing that I'm working on this week. And it's only because I allow myself to be distracted by other things. Absolutely. I've, I mean, I've been distracted for years at a time, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I'd forgotten, you know, I got so obsessed in some little bit of minutia that I forgot that I had a whole dream that I wanted to do and I just stopped taking action. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the really great thing. The promise between having 
the promise of having a dream is you wake up and you live your life very intentionally and having you have a purpose and you can feel good about each of the tasks in your day. Yeah, but, but the problem absolutely is, you know, life, survival, um, you know, uh, fear, all of those things can stand between not knowing what your dream is and not having the time or not, or, or not feeling like you have the time to even think about what your dream could be. But some of the solutions lay in those exact problems. The proximity principle is a really great thing to apply. If I know this isn't my dream, I know, well, I'll just go somewhere else and, you know, try to get closer to what the dream is and see if something crystallizes for me. You know, trying new things, getting a sense of community, avoiding regret, um, and also just flat out uh, making a list of things and uh, using that community to keep your dream in the forefront can all be the things that allow you uh, to live a life of your dreams uh, that I actually genuinely would want for everyone listening. Uh, and uh, that I want it, I have a little taste of it in my life now. And I love that we meet every week because it reminds me one of the great things about doing this podcast is even if no one was listening, although hello to anyone listening, um, if no one was listening, I still feel better about my life because it reminds me this is one of those things that keeps what I want in the forefront um, mm -hmm. of my mind because it's so easy to forget because there's so much going on in life that uh, literally the life of your dreams can slip through your fingers uh, just for the sake of, I don't know, just not taking the time to remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that I think is a great way to get into our mission for the week. So talking about taking time, creating space for dreaming or for identifying what your dreams may be. So that's, that's our mission this week. Give yourself a little bit of space, just a little bit of time so that you can take that, that little time that you've carved out for yourself to dream. And we would love to hear from you, your questions and your perspectives on the topics that we've discussed. You can email us at positiveviewpodcasts at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And next week's episode, we're talking about identifying unhelpful thought patterns. Uh, and don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. And please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the podcast um, because it would be part of our dream. And we'd be very grateful uh, for your feedback. And that is our show for today. I'm Christy Murphy. And I'm Brianna G. We'll talk soon. <laughs>